You are listening to audio from The Creek Church. If you would like more information about The Creek, please be sure to visit our website at thecreekfw.com. So glad you are a part of our community. Uh, Grateful for you. I want to just let you know Matt uh, is actually on the way to Canada to meet his new grandson. Uh, So that's Super exciting uh, via the internet. Tell them congratulations. Uh, but but it's such an exciting time. Hey, thanks for uh, man. Thanks for doing your best uh, to you know just take care of our people in this time, to take care of your families in this time, uh, to be praying for us as we walk through this together. Thanks for being in your overflow rooms, right? Uh, this this weekend, we're so uh, grateful for you. I know the introverts are just excited. We're not having a greeting time. So uh, it's it's awesome. But, but today, um, we are going to be continuing our conversation around the book of Galatians. And, and to do that, um, as we move into that, there are issues in our life that are upstream issues, and there are issues that are downstream issues. Upstream issues are the things that start other issues. Downstream issues started somewhere else. Um, so some of us have family that we were just born into. That's a, that's a downstream thing that plays out, but you were born into it. You didn't choose it. That's an upstream issue, right? We've got stuff that happened in our lives um, that have shaped our identity, and now because of those shaping issues, we're dealing with some downstream issues. Tonight, um, what, I, what I really hope is that we take a look at some of the upstream issues, uh, particularly around uh, just how we believe God views us and, and what we think he believes about us. That is an upstream thing that will shape the rest of your thinking, the rest of the way you act in obedience towards the Lord. And so um, it is true with the Lord that what we perceive ourselves as um, is going to shape the way that we live out our following of Jesus. And so my hope tonight is that as we walk out of here um, or or, uh, out of your living room, wherever you are, uh, my prayer is that we would um, just be so shaped by who we are in Christ, that we would know at the end of the day that we are a son or daughter of the King and that that would be the defining thing in our hearts. And so can we just take a second? Let's, let's pray together and ask God to act on our behalf. God, we thank you for tonight. And God, we just ask that you would, I mean, in beautiful, unexpected ways, secure us to your heart, God. Remind us of who we are in you. Let our pure and true identity be found in who you are and what you've done for us, God. We need you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and flip over to Galatians. Um, If you're new around here, I'm so glad you're tuning in tonight. Uh, We're going to read a little bit, and then we'll talk a little bit. And so uh, we'll be in Galatians 3 tonight. We will make it into Galatians 4, but let's, let's pick up in verse 25. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. And so um, this, is, this is kind of where we landed last week, this idea of the law as guardian. Um, when, when we use the term guardian there, it's, it's, it's really like a, a nanny or like a babysitter, like a, like an, a manager. And so um, there are good nannies, there's bad nannies, there's Mary Poppins, right? But at the end of the day, um, the law is this good kind of guardian that's actually um, pointing us towards our need for Christ and, and informing us about who he is. And, and we'll dig into that um, a little bit today. Uh, but, but the question is, if we're no longer under this guardian, if we're no longer under the law, 
then, then what are we under? And, and the Bible's gonna give us an answer, verse 25. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian, for in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And so we've been pulled into this really totally uniquely different thing as believers. It says that we have put on Christ now that faith has come. We're, we're in an entirely different set of guardianship. Um, and, and it doesn't really, at this point, get into what that fully means, but it is gonna get into what those people look like. Like, who are the people that are called into this radical new life with Jesus? Who are the people? Because all of us, uh, maybe, maybe you grew up in church and, and you can think of that um, one grandma in your church who was so holy. I mean, she was passing out lollipops on Sunday morning. You know, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Who in your mind is this perfect believer? Who, who represents that the most well? The, the Jewish, primarily uh, hearers who are, who are having this letter read in Galatia um, would have had an image of who that was going to be, and it probably would have been somebody who was Jewish and, and recently converted to Christ. And so um, what we're going to see is, is there is an answer about who these people are. Verse 28, it says this, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You are all one in Christ Jesus. When it comes to your salvation, your gender, your race, your social class, right? Uh, master, slave, free, uh, they don't matter at all. Christ is calling everybody in. This, this is um, an all-invitation party, right? Everybody has been invited. This is not that awkward uh, table in the lunchroom that you like sat down at and were just like unwelcome. This is, man, everybody has been invited. The ticket to this party is Jesus. Like there's one way into the party, but, but everybody gets invited. And so as we think about who Christ is, I, I just want to stop for a minute before we do anything else and, and remind you that God himself has invited you through Jesus' work on the cross for you. And so right now, like you may be feeling unloved or distant from people or, or like you've been hurt in the past and, and God, our God, is not like that. He is inviting you in through the work of Christ. And so that is such an encouragement to me. He's inviting us totally free invitation based on the work of Jesus, not on who we've been, our background, our gender. None of that matters in the, in the light of God's salvation. Verse 29 says this though. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And, and like, if we're just kind of like skim over that, that's not a big deal. But, but actually like this is a wild verse. And, and here's, here's why. Um, Abraham, I don't know if you know much about him, he, he was really one of the leading patriarchs in the Old Testament. And so to the Jewish people, he is the big deal. And, and this, is, this is like for us, I, I don't know what you listen to, this is Beyonce, okay? And, and for us, man, as we read this verse, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring. So if you have stepped into this beautiful relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden, 
there's also this thing where you're kind of related to like the most famous person that anybody on the planet would have known at the time, Abraham, right? And not only that, but, but you've been called in as family, right? Not just, hey, you can come by my house sometimes, come over for the holidays. Like you are family with this guy named Abraham. And, and Abraham was bigger than Beyonce. I know, can you believe it? But, but he was bigger than Beyonce because God throughout his history, but kept making covenants with Abraham. Covenants like, behold, in, in Genesis 17, behold, my covenant is with you. You shall be the father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and make you into nations, and kings shall come before you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring." After you throughout the generations for an everlasting covenant. Genesis 22, because you have done this and not withhold your son, talking about Isaac, which is a longer story. I will bless you and multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. All over the Bible, God is making covenants with Abraham. And, and in that, um, to, for us to now be invited into that family is to be invited, not just into to some family, but to be invited into what God is doing on the earth. Like he is inviting us to play a part in his kingdom. And, and so we're about to get into some really beautiful and cool, what I think of as upstream issues. And, and so tune in. Uh, chapter four, verse one says this. I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. So, so a lot going on there, but just really quickly, that we, we go back to this idea of a guardian. And as it talks about that, I mean, it, it just talks about being a child. When you're a kid, hopefully you, you have a guardian. You've got somebody telling you what to do. And it's kind of funny. It actually says, you know, and there's no difference between a child and a slave. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for the day. I'm like, I have a little two-year-old named Elliot. And eventually he's going to be able to do the dishes. And that is free labor, baby. I'm never going to touch the lawnmower. Like, like that is his job. There's no difference between him and a slave. Although he is my son, right? I mean, then it, and then it lands on in the same way also when we were children. We were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. And, and there is so much packed into that phrase elementary principles of the world, but, but to like really summarize it down, it, it's talking about the law. It's talking about the fact that we were bound up in this way and Jesus came to, to release us from that slavery, from that ownership under the law. But then it, it, then it says this, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. Here it is. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. We're going to come back to this, but, but God has moved us from being servants to being sons and daughters. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir of God. Here's, here's the thing. God could have just been kind enough 
to, to release us from the debt of sin and then gone, okay, you got this. You can figure the rest of it out on your own. Uh, I'm just gonna be over here doing my thing. He didn't do that. He, he not only released us from slavery, but he also invited us into sonship, into daughtership. We're, we're made family in Christ. And that's a beautiful truth in the Bible that we have been not just gone, okay, well, well you're not gonna sin anymore, but, but actually, no, I am making you new and renewing and restoring everything about you. And I, I just love that. And, and that is the upstream issue. Like, like if you get that, that you've been invited not just as a servant, but as a son, as family, man, that's going to shape the way that you walk with Jesus for the rest of your days. And, and as we look at this, now there, there's a couple things that, that I just want to pull out of here, um, some of which we touched on, but, but I want to go a little bit deeper on. Here's the first one. Um, pretty simple. Everybody's invited to the party. Everybody is invited to the party. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no fa- male and female for all are one in Christ Jesus. And I want to just dive into what that really means. And I want to give you two, two big ideas. One, it creates common ground. Like where there was none before. Like you can have somebody who is entirely different in their belief system, but if you share Jesus, you have more in common with that human than you do somebody who shares your belief system. Like if you're there, there is neither Jew nor Greek. Um, you, you guys, when we hear that, we may be thinking like um, Greek, Odysseus, and, and, and just random Jewish people in the temple. But, but actually, this would have been seen as a shocking racial distinction that, that the Bible just said, hey, that doesn't exist anymore in regards to our salvation. Uh, there's been made common ground between us. Now, you have more in common with someone on the opposite end of the socioeconomic, political, like whatever you want to fill in there, uh, you have more in common with somebody there who loves Jesus than you have with somebody who agrees with you on everything but doesn't know Jesus because you've been made family in Christ. The other thing it does is it erases social standing before the cross. Uh, There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female. To quote a bunch of preachers and a few uh, mediocre CCM songs, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Nobody gets to stand on a hill above one another. I mean, in fact, as it talks about neither slave nor free, male nor female, um, what that means is all of the privilege has just kind of been leveled in terms of salvation that we're all standing in the same place, that we're all in desperate need of a savior, that we're all in need of a family, and that Christ still invites us regardless of where we are. And and I wanna be clear, I think you need to be aware of how you've been blessed, of your privilege, of your, like what God has given you. But at the end of the day, know that that doesn't affect your standing with the Lord. And so here's, here's the beautiful truth, is if you're here and, and your, man, life has just been rough on you, and you are not in the place that you'd like to be in life, and things aren't going good, I just want to remind you that Christ still invites us into a beautiful relationship with him. And so if you're here tonight, and you're feeling isolated, like stuff isn't working out, man, God loves you so much, and he's calling you out right now. But here's the really cool thing. It also is you're invited as a family, not a coworker. As family, not as a coworker. Um, there is, in my life, nothing worse uh, than, than like a pseudo-invitation or like a pity invite. 
Have you ever had that happen? Where, where somebody feels bad and catches you at the last second and is like, oh, yeah, and we'd love for you to be there too, I guess, right? Like, has that happened to you? And, and so here's the thing. I, I hate it. When people invite me somewhere, I want to be there because I feel treasured, because that person actually likes me, not because it just made it easier to invite me, right? Like, I want to be loved in that moment. And, and here's the thing about the Lord. When he invites us, he isn't inviting us as like a circus clown to come juggle for the kids at the party, right? He's inviting us as family, and he's inviting us in. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, Jesus, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. That's the invitation. But here's the outcome. Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. And, and I want to just explain just something really small in there. When it says Abba, um, that, that is, um, it's like an Aramaic word, um, and it's, it's this intimate term for father. It's, it's not father who, who is uh, disciplining me. It's father who I need. It's father who I love, who I'm being right in this moment affectionate towards. That's interesting. Um, and, and actually, uh, the, one of the other places that we see Jesus use Abba is when he's in the garden asking for, for God to take this cup that is the cross away from him, but not my will, but thine. And so it's just this beautiful, in, in powerfully intimate moments, that word is used. And, and so because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father. You don't have a solemn, empty relationship with God the Father. You have a beautiful, intimate, powerful, affectionate relationship with the Father. That's what he's after in you. That's what he wants in your life, is for you to be in that intimate place. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Here's what you need to know. This is the upstream thing. Like if you were to boil down your relationship with God, like to just the bare minimums, what does it mean that I have a relationship with the Lord? The primary relationship that you have with God is not as sinner and saved. It's not as distant but drawn close. It's as a father and a son or a daughter. And if you get that, like if that thinking shapes you, I mean, that's going to change your walk with the Lord. Because here's, here's what it means. It means when you mess up, <laughs> he loves you. When you make a mistake, and boy, do we. He still loves and pursues us. Um, my uh, kid, Elliot, who I just told you about, is, is awesome, but he is a maniac, you guys. And he is uh, on I mean, he's just bent on destroying everything in our home. He has figured out how to say no. He's figured out how to like throw things aggressively. And it's, it's just bad news, you guys. And, and here's the other side of that. Not only is he a little wild right now, <laughs> he doesn't do anything to help our home, right? Like, like he's not out cleaning. Like, like if I'm really lucky, if I ask him five or six times now, he can kind of like carry silver over to the trash. But that is the total contribution that he makes to our household. And, and here's the deal, y'all. I love him. Like, he's my son. And so, listen, he can claw my eyes out, which he tried to do today, and I, and I still love him. And in the moment, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, buddy. But, 
that I love him so much because he's my son. And that's how God views you. That, that you may have made mistakes. You may not even right now be contributing to the family, right? But, but God desperately, powerfully, affectionately loves you, is for you, is pursuing you in that because you're his son, because you're his daughter. It also means he wants the best for us. It means he wants the best for us. If we're his kids, he wants the absolute best for us. And, and I know it may not feel like that in this season. It, 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 I know it might, like in whatever you're going through right now, stuff may be difficult, but the way that the God of the universe sees you is as his child. And I think that that means he wants the best for us. It also means you don't have to earn his approval. Right, And this is the whole idea that we've been um, beating through the book of Galatians, is that you don't have to earn God's approval. You've been given it in his son, Jesus, right? And, and I just think that's a beautiful gift from the Lord. But, but it gets better, because in verse 4 it says this, When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because your sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, you're no longer a slave, but a son. If a son, then an heir through God. Here's, here's the thing that I see in this that is just beautiful news. Our adoption into the family is dependent on God's love, not our actions. Our adoption is dependent on God's love, not our actions. And then there's this, there's this really beautiful story in the middle of uh, one of the Gospels. I mean, there's this kid, uh, and, and he's born into kind of a wealthier family, and, and he takes a bunch of uh, his dad's money one day. There's a complicated conversation. We don't have time to get into it, but he takes his dad's money and, he, and his stuff, and, and he runs off. And he, and he goes to kind of just do his own thing away from the father. He's living this wild lifestyle. He is blowing through cash like it's Vegas and he just turned 21, right? Like he is doing the thing. And, and as he's out there, um, he blows through all his money. Uh, he blows through all of his friends' money, right? So now he has no money, no friends. He's getting hungry. Things aren't looking good. And, and he just is in this dark, lonely place, he doesn't have a relationship with the father at this point. He's run away. He's abused the gifts that his father had given him. And in this moment, then he starts to just make a turn. And, and I want to just show you the turn. In, in Luke 15, verse 17, it says this. But when he came to himself, another version, the, the NIV translated <laughs> as when he came to his senses. Um, another version actually translates it um, when he came to the end of himself which I think is just a beautiful way to phrase that, that, that he came to this place where he was no longer enough. I don't know if you've ever been there, or maybe you're feeling like you're there right now, like you've, you've gotten on the hamster wheel and you're running and nothing is changing. And you just realize in that moment, man, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to fix the things that are jacked up in my life by myself. If you've been there, that's where this guy is at. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. I don't know if you've ever been in trouble uh, and, and like 
if you remember this maybe as a kid, where you're in a ton of trouble. <laughs> and so before you get into the presence of your mom or dad, you're, you're kind of like speech writing in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, what am I going to say? Like, what am I going to say when I get there? How am I going to weasel my way out of this one? Maybe that was just me. Uh, but but I, this is what we do, right? We get in trouble and we start thinking, man, how, how am I going to make this right with my words? And and so he lands on this place of treat me as one of your hired servants. I'm not worthy to come back and be a part of the family, but maybe you'll accept me if I just do some work for you. And, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And, and what happens, right? Like this, this intense moment where, where the son starts, starts ramping up the speech. He's like, I, I, I gotta get over this. Like, we gotta get through this and, and maybe he'll accept me. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. What does the father do with the return of the son? He throws a party. Like he doesn't pause for a minute to go, I told you so. I'm angry with you. How could you? Those words don't come from the father. The words that we hear from the father are let's party your home. This is the best possible news that could happen. And I just want to say to you today, if you're hearing this message and you're going, man, I'm too messed up. I'm, I'm too far gone. God is inviting you to come home. And listen, when you do, he's not going to stand there and go, how could you? You hurt me. How dare you come into my house? He's going to throw a party, you guys. Like he's so excited. The Bible says that um, when one sinner repents and turns back to the Lord, that there's a party in heaven. And I just think that's a beautiful image that God is just like getting out the disco ball and the Kool-Aid and like stuff is just going down in heaven, you guys. And, and that's the reaction of the father. I love that the first thing that we see from the father, he arose and came to his father, but while he was a long way off, his father saw him. And what's his immediate reaction? It says he felt compassion. It's not, where have you been? It's, I'm so sorry that you've been there. I'm so sorry that you've been away from me, that our relationship isn't where it needed to be. But, but he welcomes him back into the home, and I just think that's beautiful. And, and Galatians 4, um, 6 through 7, it just, it just lands on that beautiful note, right? And because you're sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but if a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. And so the question, the question for us today is, is pretty simple. Have we recognized our identity in Christ as sons and daughters of God? Have we recognized that identity? Um, for some of us, especially believers, we are still trying earn God's affection. We're still trying to earn our salvation. We're still trying to, man, make God be pleased with us. And the Bible is just going to say, you don't have to earn that. I'm pleased with you. 
Because when I look at you, I see not your mess, but I see the righteousness of Christ. And so we don't earn that. And, and to me, it just reminds me of um, like an unused gift card. <laughs> like, like we had um, sitting on my dresser for probably six months, a $100 gift card to Joe T. Garcia's, which is like, it's pretty good Mexican food, y'all. And, and, and here's the deal. That thing sat on my dresser for probably six months, untouched, didn't use it. And the other night, me and my wife, we went and we had a ton of Mexican food, y'all. Like we waddled out of the restaurant, right? And, and it was awesome. It was a celebration. And, and I think for so many of us, it, it's like that unused gift card, right? That's our identity in God. We have it. We know about it. We're just not living into it. Like, we're not thinking about the fact that I'm a son or daughter of God and letting that shape us, shape our lives, shape who we are. And God is just calling us, hey, you've been given grace. You've been given, man, adoption into the family of God. And he's inviting us to use that. And, and here's the thing. When, when we come back to this idea of upstream stuff, downstream stuff, for so many of us, the, the reason why we feel distant from the Lord, the reason, like, like we're feeling all of these downstream things, sin is hard to get rid of. Man, when we deal with emotions, when we, the reason that we're dealing with some of that stuff is because we have not fully recognized that I am a son or daughter of God. And today, I would just challenge you, man, as, as you are at home, as you're gathering with your family, as you're praying in just a few minutes with your family, I hope, then take this moment to just fully recognize what it means that you are a son or daughter of the king of the universe. It's such a beautiful and shaping truth. I hope that shapes you. Let me pray for us. God, thank you so much for tonight. And thank you, God, that we uh, your family are able to continue to gather around your word, to continue to gather around your truth and, and the hope that you have for us. God, I just pray that for each of us tonight, you would remind us that we are yours, your sons, your daughters who have been bought for a price through the blood of Jesus on the cross, that you gave your son willingly, that he gave up his life for us, that we might know you and walk with you for forever as your family. What a beautiful hope that you've called us into. We love you, God. It's in your name we pray. Thank you for listening to this message from the Creek Church. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast, or if you have any questions, you can email us at info at